Blog Talk Radio. And welcome everybody, Fourth of July show, uh, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Seth Kamen, Sean Palmer, God knows where Sean Palmer is. Uh, assuming he's going to call it because he wanted to do a show today because there's so much to discuss. We got hockey, but we got baseball, we got tennis, we got soccer, but realistically, what do we got? We got we got NBA free agents, and we have to start off. I guess he's right here. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July, Mr. Caymans and everybody else. What a glorious day it is here in uh, Middletown, Maine. And I'm Where is hoping Middle- that Middletown, Maine. Well, I like that to call it Middletown, Maine, because it's it's one of those obscure towns. It's called Sebago, Maine. It's on a lake, and we have a beautiful sunset here on the 4th of July. A couple of my uh, friends are over there. They're all waiting. We're waiting for the fireworks here in Sebago, and uh, I'm hoping you and, and all of our listeners are enjoying such a great 4th of July the same way that I am. Yep, I am sitting in beautiful Alpine, New Jersey. Uh Nice little nice night. Fireworks coming soon. Um, not the biggest fireworks of the day. Obviously, that took place out in out in San Francisco. But we'll talk to that talk about that in a little while. But yeah, nice relaxing. You know, people getting to see Carly for the last time pre-pregnant, pre uh, pre-birth, and now we're just kind of in waiting time right now. So if people want to call in, and I'm not sure we're gonna have too many call-ins today, um, but. Uh, Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. So, how is Maine? Maine is beautiful. Look, I have taken. Well, it took me. Let's understand. It took me thirteen hours in an airport, four canceled flights, and then a five-hour car ride to get here. So, all in all, it was very, very hard to get here. But at the end of the day, well worth every minute that I spent on the road and every minute of frustration. Maine is one of the most beautiful places in the world, and I've had six naps in four days, which makes it all of that. It was it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So I guess we have to start with the obvious. The you know five, five years five years ago there was a huge a huge rush to judgment and a huge, huge backlash against LeBron James for leaving Cleveland to go to Miami. Today, Kevin Durant, top five player in the league, goes joins the team that beat him in the Western Conference Final this year at Golden State. They now have four, potentially four, of the top ten players in the league. I am curious. I, I know you were much more sympathetic to LeBron than I was. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I was going to call you out on this because nobody took umbrage with them more than you did, being yes, LeBron. Did. No, nobody knocked him down a peg more than you and, and some of the other vocalists, which said you can't go to your, to your competition because that knocks you down historically. And my take was I, I didn't believe that to be true. I see the same thing here. I think – Kevin Durant did it the right way. I don't think anybody – I, I did, certainly did not have a problem with what LeBron James did. I had a problem with the way that he did it. And I think that was the biggest outcry of all, was the way that LeBron did it, making it all about LeBron. Kevin Durant did no such thing. 
Kevin Durant is a totally different type of person, totally different type of player. I think because of that, you will get less backlash. If you want to say that he's not a top five player because he went to his competition, I don't have an argument with that. That's your own opinion. But at the same time, he certainly went about it differently. He learned from probably LeBron James and the way to go about it differently, and he's a different person, different, completely different personality. So I don't have a problem with what he did. I am eager to see how the rest of the NBA reacts. We already have some reaction as far as trades and, and uh, renouncing of, of restricted free agents and free agents and the whole cap thing going back and forth. And you know, look, the cap thing is my favorite thing in the entire world when capology takes place in the NBA and the NFL and in the NHL. And we can go to the NHL as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the fact is, I don't have a problem with what Kevin Durant did. He showed he is chasing rings. That's it. So if the guy who just wants to win, I don't have a problem with what he did. Yeah, and kind of that's how I've come around a little bit. Um, I'm still not happy with it. I think it will hurt his legacy. But if all he, if he doesn't care about his reputation, if he doesn't care about the outside view of his reputation, then it's the right move. Are you eating something in the background? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I do have a question for you, though. If Kevin Durant – okay, so the way that Kevin Durant is a player, chances are he will never be considered a top five player of all time. He just doesn't do it all the way that the right. top five guys do, correct? Agreed. So chances are he will never be a top ten player of all time either, looking at, again, what everybody in the top ten probably does. He will never meet the Kobe Bryant standard. No matter what, and Kobe Bryant, oh, we think is maybe wait, 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 eight or nine. What exactly? What, what exactly is the Kobe Bryant standard that well, he could be Bryant, that Kobe Bryant is? I don't think. I think Kobe Bryant was a better player than Durant is right now. I think he would continue to be a better player than Kobe than Kevin Durant is. He's a he's a more complete player than Durant. He's a Couldn't better defender. Couldn't no, he's not. Well, couldn't, oh, couldn't Kobe Bryant was, was an all-league defender, and Kevin Durant is not. Kevin Durant, let's see how Kevin Durant plays defense when he has some help. I Kobe oh. Bryant, the more I've thought about Kobe, actually, it's interesting, and I think about his legacy. My feeling is that Kobe have actually started to retract a little bit. Um, okay. But, I mean, look, there's obviously an argument that can be made that Kobe is better, going to be a better all-time. Again, Kevin Durant's 28 years old. Let's say Kevin Durant is a top 15 player, okay, of all time. He winds up in the top 15, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way he jumps into the top five if he stays in Oklahoma State, goes to Golden State. Oh, sorry, Oklahoma State, goes to Golden State, goes to Miami, goes to the Knicks, goes to the Lakers. I don't think there's any way he jumps. He just doesn't have that, that panache. I just don't think he gets there. So if he doesn't care if he's going in the top 15 or the top 12 or the top 11 or the top then 10. Then it may not matter. Yeah. Right. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm heading. With LeBron, obviously there is the, the aura of a top five player. He could get there. And yeah, well that, if that's the case, then you're, you're spot on. And, and, that's, and that's where I haven't really gotten to the point of saying is Kevin Durant's ceiling is not LeBron's. 
And if Kevin Durant, if Kevin Durant, now you look at it, it's going to be a fascinating team to watch, obviously, because because as I said, you have you have the best passing team, you know, one of the most enjoyable teams to watch. Them and the Spurs, I guess, of eleven or Spurs of thirteen, I should say, are the most enjoyable teams to watch over the last fifteen years. And they're bringing in a player. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't know how they'll assimilate. I, I have no idea, nor do you, nor does anyone else. But Durant certainly Durant certainly knows what he's getting into in regards to this. So he, you know, my feeling is he's looking at this as this is going to elongate my career because I don't have to be the end-all, be-all. I, though I can be, you know, I can be 1A in addition to, you know, with Curry, with Thompson, with Green. And this team is going to be, for all intents and purposes, unstoppable. Am I, as I said, am I happy about it? No. I would have preferred to have seen him resign. I would have preferred to have seen him gone to the Celtics. I would have even preferred to have seen him gone to the, to the Spurs. This was the one thing I did not want to see happen. But my guess is, because also per the, per the cap, he probably would not have been able to do this any other time. This was his one shot to do it. And he's doing it really on a one-year win. It's a two-year contract with a player option for the second year, which was the exact same thing that he could have signed in Oklahoma City. So the interesting Correct. thing is nobody really knows what happens after this year. If he doesn't assimilate, you know, we, we're looking at, and we're looking again at a huge cap increase next year. So all these teams are, there's going to be availability. But most likely, I mean, this team is now the overwhelming favorite to win, to win a title. I would be surprised if, I would be surprised if he went anywhere else. But so, so, at the end of the day, I don't have the vigor, I don't have the anger or the rancor I had with LeBron, but it is a, it's disappointing to me. Because it does still feel, in a lot of ways, like an easy way out. I agree with you on that. I think... Your statement of this team being unstoppable, I think, takes a little bit. I don't know. I don't think they're unstoppable. I mean, I know that. Look, you're going to have five of the top players in the five top spots, right? Your your starting lineup of Iguodala, Green, Clay Thompson, Durant, and Curry looks amazing on paper. It's a it's a fantasy dream, right? If you're looking at each of those players. You're going to have Sean Livingston as a backup. You're going to have Leandro Barbosa as a backup. Leandro Barbosa is like 55 years old. I mean, he's like Boris Diaw. I mean, these guys just keep playing and playing and playing. He's not 50. He's probably like 33 or 34. But they are losing a ton of their depth. I mean, a ton. They are. They have well, already agreed. Wait a minute. They're trading Bogut. Yep. They're renouncing Harrison Barnes. And, and, Festus, and Festus Azili. And Festus Azili. Kevin right. Looney comes okay. back. Yeah, but Festus Azili, let's call it what it is. Festus Azili was a big guy that did not show a heck of a lot. No, I, I that, understand. That qualifies him as, in this free agent boom, if Ian Manini is getting four years, $64 million, I don't even know what Azili is going to get. But there's going to be guys that they can sign Again, kind of the lower tier guys. There's so many centers out there that they can find a Jordan Hill, a Zafia Pashula. There's one or two other ones I can't think of off the top of my head, 
that may take a, to the, that may take a swing on this. They don't, well, you know, we don't know what James Michael McAdoo is going to bring. Right, right. No, but but hold on a second. So you have those five guys, right? Curry has missed time with injuries. Durant has missed time with injuries. But what I'm saying is the depth that they had in their title runs the last couple of years is not there. It's just not. No question. You don't have a big man yet. So you so it's a wait and see right now. But if they have an injury along the way, two injuries along the way, and I'm not saying this is any different for any than on any other team because it, it's pretty much the same thing. But you have so much cap space dealt in these five players that you cannot bring in reinforcements during the year unless you're trading one of those five guys. You're probably going to be hard-capped at the end. And if you're hard-capped at the end, as you saw with the, with the Clippers, who were not able to make any, any deals during this year, you have a problem if you suffer an injury. And I'm sorry for the background noise, but it is July 4th, and there are fireworks taking place. So I will try and go inside away from the fireworks for a little bit. But the fact is, fireworks definitely took place in Golden State today. It was obviously they have the super team on paper, and if they all stay healthy, this team probably will not win 73 games like they did this year. They will probably go into a little bit of the Spurs mode in which they will take time off at the end of the year because these five guys are going to log a lot of minutes during the year. Like I said, it's not not the super team that you are saying, in my opinion. They are an incredible team. But let's, let's see how they assimilate. Let's see if they stay healthy before we call them super team. Well, I think one of the other things you know, and we'll talk about is I want to kind of go around the horn for lack of a better term in regards to the NBA free agency, because I know this is your favorite time of the year. And we'll talk about your Knicks, which I, I, I'm just laughing watching, watching all these signings. What, when you look at this has been the biggest, the biggest eye opener for you. The biggest eye-opener is that until today, Dallas was basically shut out of free agents, completely shut out. They, they have gone in for all that Mark Cuban has been said is the great owner, that he, that he showers his players with gifts, that he is everybody's favorite guy to be with. For the last five years, they have struck out time and time again on free agency. And until – the Kevin Durant signing today, and I say this because with the Kevin Durant signing comes other moves that had to take place. They were shut out again. Not only were they shut out, but they lost. I mean, they lost a lot. So here you are. They got shut out of Michael Conley. They got shut out of Hasim White. Uh, Hasim Whitehead. Right side. They got yeah. White side. Excuse me. White side. They got shut out continually, over and over and over again. This is the fifth year that they got shut out, and Mark Cuban is thanking Kevin Durant's – he's bowing to Kevin Durant, which seems to be unheard of for you to bow for a guy to go to another team in your own league. But the fact is, because of that, he gets gifts like Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogut for basically market price. That's a surprise for me. 
before I even get to my, get to uh, my my feelings on, on you know the biggest surprises in free agency, one quick thing: Do you think Oklahoma now trades Russell Westbrook? No, absolutely not. I don't think they could take the PR hit. I think they should. I just don't think they will. And there are very few teams that actually have the amount of cap space. Now, granted, look, cap space is at a premium, and there are teams that have cap space, but those teams don't have guys to trade for Russell Westbrook. There are a couple of teams. Look, if you are the if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm looking two places and two places only. And it's interesting that they're on opposite sides of the continent and they are the rivals in the eighties. And they are the Boston, Boston and the Lakers. Yeah. And the Lakers, absolutely. The Lakers have D'Angelo Russell, but they and they have a pick next year. And you say maybe no, actually I'm sorry, they don't have a pick next year because they retain their pick this year. So maybe the pick after next year, but I'm not sure if you're Jim Boss whether you give that up. Or you try well, remember, and do a Jim Julius. Bus, remember, Jim Buss is probably leaving. See, here's the, here's what we always have to remember. When we get to the Knicks, I'm going to talk about this. Remember, these GMs are trying to keep their jobs. Buss has already said yep. it. They don't make the playoffs this year. Now, you just re-signed uh, Jordan Clarkson to a four-year, $50 million deal. Yep. Where with Russell, you're on a rookie contract. There's no value. Uh, yep. I think Westbrook's making about $17, 18000000 million a year. I could be off, but I think it's in that vicinity. You're right. You're right. Uh, Sixteen eight. Sixteen eight. Okay. You're absolutely right. So could you do something along the lines of Clarkson Rand Julius Randall and a first round pick in nineteen? Well, the something rule along is those that you, lines. Can, you you cannot trade players within the first six months of their new contract. So without their permission. Clarkson couldn't go anywhere unless it was a sign and trade at this point. And I'm not sure that Clarkson would even agree to that. So the may or may not. Is, I don't. Right. So you could do, look, the Lakers have enough cap room to abssorb Westbrook in without taking anybody back. Right. But doesn't there have to be some kind of salary kicker where there has to be something? It has to be relatively even? has to be within a certain percentage? No, they percentage. don't. So if you have, the only reason it has to be even is if you are over the cap. So the which, fact is Which that, the Lakers are not. Okay. Right. The Lakers have a sixteen million, well over sixteen million dollars in cap room to be able to absorb, um, to absorb Russell Westbrook, and then you can trade back five million, which would be D'Angelo Ru- five or six million, D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle, back to Oklahoma City. If that was if that was the trade, they can do that. That that would be legit all the way. Now, if you're looking at Boston. You're looking at Isaiah Thomas, who's about $8 million. And then you'd probably have to give maybe a Marcus Smart or somebody along those lines. So Marcus Smart, I believe, is earning six or seven. So that's like 14, 15. The late, yeah, I don't think you're trading Isaiah. You're not trading Isaiah Thomas because, number one, Isaiah Thomas is really the heart of this team at this point. Number two, you're not trading a two-guard considering Oklahoma City just traded for Victor Oladipo. That's not going to really help them too much. They're going to trademark. They would trademark as Smart. And then they would trade a selling you know, selling who's a free agent, you know, one of the other young, maybe a Kelly Olynyk. They trade, or they would trade. Maybe you even trade. I don't know. If they they don't have much. Or they, they don't have much. Make, That's the point. So the, trade the way Jalen that Brown, it's hard well, to trade you know, you after one year of Westbrook. Well, you can't. You can't trade Jalen Brown either. So what you would do 
is if you're what if you are Oklahoma City, you're demanding the Nets pick next year. You're demanding the absolute right to flip with the Nets next year. So yes. if they were able to do that, so you get maybe, look, Isaiah Thomas is not playing the two guard. Let's understand that. That's Avery Bradley's job. So Isaiah is playing the, the six man at this point, and, and mostly playing the one. So you're either demanding Avery Bradley or Isaiah Thomas, along with the Nets pick and probably Marcus Smart for that. And whether the Celtics want to take that, the Celtics would be foolish not to. Absolutely foolish. Well, because the question is, you know, is God, yep. it gives you it gives you a run for one year. Yep. And the problem, and this is a decision they have to make. Now, would you take the shot for one year with, with Horford? Westbrook can be the number one, and then you have a phenomenal surrounding, you know, supporting cast, because that's what Boston really is. Boston has won 50 games off of a supporting cast. And a fantastic coach, absolutely. And a, and a very good coach, and a lot of draft picks going forward. Yep. The question is, do you trade this for one year of Westbrook where you legitimately will have a difficulty resigning it? If they don't, well, they underachieve. Well, look, you know, Los Angeles died. It's, it's understood, but if you're if you are Danny Ainge, you have tried for this forever, right? You have tried to get a star forever. And if Kevin Durant said to Boston, "I'm doing one and one," they would have done it. So, why wouldn't you do that for Westbrook? You're doing the exact same thing. You're taking it for one year. The other big signing today, Pau Gasol signs with San Antonio, two years, $30 million. I'm assuming the way I perceive this is that this cements the retirement of the greatest power forward of all time. Oh, I don't believe so at all. You don't think so? You think, no. with, Ald- you think with Aldridge and with Gasol, you think Duncan's going to play another year? Yes. Actually, I think so. Obviously, we know nothing about this, right? We know nothing about the insight into Duncan. But Duncan was incredibly slow last year when he played over 25 minutes. But for a 20-minute spurt, first of all, you know Duncan opted into his contract, right? He didn't opt out. I thought he – yes, I know he opted in. So he opted in. So for all intents and purposes, that cap hold is still there. It's $10 billion. So if he opted in, my take is that he's going to play. Ginobili said he's going to play. Yeah. So what, if, if you could have Gasol playing – 25 minutes, 30 minutes, have Duncan playing tw- – if you have – so you have, what, there's 40 minutes in an NBA game, 48 minutes, 40 minutes in an NBA game, 48 minutes in an NBA game, so you have 96 minutes for three guys, right? 48 times two is 96. 96 minutes for three guys. If you did 30, 30, 30, 30, and 26, how am I doing with that? Yeah. Where am I going with this? Two spots, three guys. That's it. And you rotate him around. And I think you have – and Duncan plays less than Gasol and Horford and uh, Aldridge. I think you have probably the best rotation, and everybody's kept fresh. I think that works. And, and, and Gasol is perfect for that offense because he loves to pass. It does. It, it it sets up an extraordinarily interesting. If Duncan comes back, it is an extraordinarily interesting team. Um, I'm not sure if they go after who else they would go after, but it, it is. It, there is an irony to see them going. You know, a team that for so long is is a huge free agency, go out get the biggest 
get the biggest name of free agency last year in the Marcus Aldridge, and now bring in uh, Pau Gasol. And it would, would really lead to a very interesting Western Conference. So your, your beloved Knicks have, yep. well, they were going to be active. I'm not sure everyone, anyone expected them to be this active. Trading for Derrick Rose. Signing Joaquin Noah. Signing Brandon Jennings this, today. They, signing Courtney Lee. If this was 2011, this would be a hell of a team. Yeah, well, I, don't, I haven't seen the numbers on Brandon Jennings, and I'm really interested one year, in seeing one year, five million, One year, five million. Not bad. Okay, so, so nothing, right? So this is a one-year project. That's all it is. If, they, if this doesn't work this year, and the concern from the Knicks fan, and myself being included, is that Derrick Rose puts up 20, 20 points, seven assists, and three rebounds, and becomes not the great player, not the MVP player, but a very good player, an all-star player. And then the, the Knicks go and spend $30 million on the next year. That's the concern. Right now, they're, they're on the hook for $24 million for this one year. And you know what? If he, if he suffers knee, uh, his ankle injuries and his knee injuries and he doesn't play all year, you're back where you are today, right? $24 million off the cap one year. Brandon Jennings, $5 million off the cap one year. $30 million. We can play with $30 million next year. Joaquin Noah, four years and $18 million, $17 and a half. That's a big signing. I'm not sure I like it so much. I think it's an extra year than I would have given. But in the market, that's what he's earning. I mean, you just said it. I mean, Miamani from that's playing with Washington got four years and $64 million. A guy has never averaged more than seven points at three, four rebounds a game. The market is ridiculous. And we could talk about that in a little bit because there are some signings that just go off the radar for me. Like, off the radar. And so, as far as the Knicks are concerned, look, I like the Courtney Lee signing. I actually did. That was the one that I loved. He is the perfect 3 and D guy, right? Always has been, always will be. He can shoot the three. When you're in the triangle, that's the guy you need. If you have a Yannick Noah, Joaquin Noah, excuse me, Joaquin Noah, always call him Yannick, Joaquin Noah, he is a passing center. Perfect for the triangle. Derek Rose, not so perfect for the triangle. But you know what? You don't get Noah without Rose. So, okay, we'll see what Noah can do for, for two or three years. And with the cap exploding, 17 and a half won't look so bad in a year or two. But problem with this, it certainly makes the team more exciting in the short term. And if, they, if Derek Rose goes down with an injury, they'll have their draft pick next year. Okay, moving on. I mean, yeah, that, that's I, the next take. That's the next take. To me, I look at, I look at this, and this, this team has the build of a sixth seed that may have been around. It's not a championship caliber team. Again, everyone is a little bit hesitant on Noah. Uh, four years, $72 million. I didn't mind the Rose trade. I, I think I liked it more than more, most people did, almost for the reason that you said. I, as a player, I want to see what he has left. In this, exchanging Noah for Lopez, I was never a big Robin Lopez person, as you know. And I don't have a problem taking a shot on it. Now, how he fits into this offense, 
is beyond me. But that's what that's Jeff Hornacek. That's what for Jeff Hornacek to figure out. But you know, this is a team that I look at. You know, Carmelo at best is at the tail end of his prime. Noah's past his prime. Rose is probably past his prime. Courtney Lee may be past his prime. Again, not that his prime was that high. It reminds me of those Atlanta Hawks teams that you always knew were going to be the six seed, the five seed, the six seed, the seven seed. They may win one round, they may not, but they're really not going anywhere with the with this team presently. And I am curious to see how they assimilate. Okay, be, so where, were, where were your where were your shocking deals? Where were your you took a look at it and you just shook your head and said, How on God's green earth did that man get A that much money or that much term? Where were your shocking deals? Because I got my own, but I'm interested in hearing yours. Alright, well there 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 are quite a few. I think the initial one you have to look at is as we said, is Timothy Moskov going to the Lakers four years, $64 million, three minutes after after the free agency started. That, to me, is absolutely mind-blowing for a guy who does not fit Luke Walton's offense. Now, Luke Walton is going to be the new coach, wants a fast-paced game, and this is a slow, relatively slow, lumbering guy who – he signed for more. He signed for 16 million a year. He scored 15 points in the in, in the in the playoffs. I thought that number was absolutely insane. I thought I thought the Noah's timing was high. I am relatively sickened by Harrison Barnes getting 95 million dollars. <laughs> um, I am disgusted. And he has nothing against Harrison Barnes personally. Uh, there we go. But I have no idea how he made the Olympic team. I have no idea how he he warrants a maximum contract. Um, I have nothing. I have no clue whatsoever. Can we agree on one thing? Hold on a sec. Can we agree on one thing about Harrison Barnes that most of these guys we can we can say are the opposite? Harrison Barnes actually has some upside to him. Most of these guys, they have already accomplished, right? So they're either in their peak or they're on their way down. Harrison Barnes is 24 years old. So if nothing else, he has some room to grow. There, there may be another level that we haven't seen. While the other guys, we know what levels they're probably at. Okay, I don't. But the problem is he hasn't shown that in this three or four years. And again, it could have been because he was the fourth option, Correct. best on these teams. But I, okay, but I'll keep going because some of these are hysterical. Etwan Moore, thirty-four million dollars with New Orleans. Tyler Johnson, fifty million with the Nets. Kent Bazemore, what was it four years, eighty million dollars? These numbers. You know, I remember talking with my father years ago where he, my, my father, like me, was a huge sports fan growing up. And, you know, it dissipated over time much more than mine has. But a lot of it was due to the salaries just exceeding any reasonable expectation or any, any, any sanity. 
And I'm looking at these salaries now for some of these people. And I'm wondering if this is going to hit for me. Where a guy, a Matthew Delvadova, a nice ninth player on a team, eighth player, $38 million, $9 million a year. And I understand the cap's up 30, you know, the cap is up, you know, 30, $30 million this year. I get that in principle. Evan Turner wasn't sure he was going to have a job two years ago, signed a $75 million deal with Portland. Durant signing for $30 million a year, or LeBron signing for $30 million a year, or even, you know, some of the better, a Batoon signing for $20 million a year, although he signed, I think, for a bit more. I have a bigger problem with the under-average, below-average below players signing for 13, 12 11 13 14 million a year. And that's what I'm having a lot of trouble stomaching with this. No, I would agree with I would agree with you. I mean, uh, look, I, I asked you for yours, I'll, I'll give you mine. Evan Turner, 4 years and 70 million. Mind-blowing to me. And I'll even go Michael Connolly, who I love. I like Mike Connolly. I do. I like him as a player. 18 points, 7 boards a game. Not in the top 5 point guards in the league but is now the highest-paid player in the league at $30 million a year. To me, like, I'm doing the math, and it's like 152 over five, and I was like, wait a second. That's more than Jordan ever earned. Oh, season. yeah, but, I mean, everything's more than Jordan no, ever earned. No, 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 I get, I get that. I get that. But my point was, he's now the highest-paid player in the league. In the league. This is Michael Conley. This isn't. This isn't Durant. This isn't LeBron. This is Michael Conley. <laughs> I mean, this is an 18-point-a-game score with, with eight, eight assists, nine assists a game. This isn't Isaiah Thomas. This isn't guys that put up those numbers. So, I mean, and I don't mean Isaiah Thomas from Boston. I mean Isaiah Thomas from Detroit. <laughs> I mean, these, these are this is not a Hall of Fame guy. This is a maybe nice – I think he's a – I think he's a three-time All-Star. I mean, no, he's, a he's nice never player. made the All-Star team. Oh, he's never made the All-Star Colin's team. Okay. He's never he's made the nice... All-Star team because of the, because you look at the point guards in the West. It's always right. been Chris Paul, Westbrook, right, and uh, so he's, uh, Curry. So he's a nice player. He's a nice player, but he's not. He's not a thirty million dollar a year player. Turner totally got me because a year ago Turner couldn't get an eight million dollar deal. Each one more. You said it before has been cut three times. Cut. You could have gotten him for free. Andrew Nicholson. Andrew Nicholson, of the, formerly of the Orlando Magic. I think he signed with the Wizards now. So, Andrew Nicholson, who the Magic declined to give $3.75 million on his option, signs for $8 million on a four-year deal. The money is just lunacy. And when we, Seth, when you say you don't understand what the Knicks are doing, this is the one thing I actually do understand that the Knicks are doing. The Knicks are saying, and there are other teams as well, uh, this is not just the Knicks, but the Knicks are saying, let's see how the one year works. The cap is going to go up X amount of dollars this year. So let's fill it with one year deals with Jarek Rose and Brandon Jennings. Right, let's that's twenty nine million dollars, twenty nine, thirty million dollars right there. Let's see how this works. And if it doesn't work, 
the cap's going to go up another $10 million next year. So that we'll, we'll reboot. Yeah, we'll have Joaquin Noah. Yeah, we'll have Courtney Lee. But they're not at the 20 to $22 million Harrison Barnes money. No, is it $18 million? No, but what I'm saying is, but an $18 million contract in this NBA is actually tradable. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So if if it doesn't work, if this whole thing doesn't work, we can trade Noah. We can trade Courtney Lee. We would not be able to trade probably Derrick Rose. But the point is, Derrick Rose is only a one-year deal. So we can reboot this if we want. While some of these teams, like when you have a an Evan Turner at four years and 70 to 75, I'm not sure if that's really a tradable guy. Because he wasn't a tradable guy this year at $8 million. So at least they will have – Courtney Lee will always be valued as a 3 and D guy. And Joaquin Noah, while, you know what, he may not be worth $18 million, will always be valued at maybe some form of money because of – what he brings to the table as far as rebounding and defense. He may not be 18, but he'll be valued somewhere. He's kind of like a Paul Gasol guy, type of guy. There always be some value to him. Some of these guys, I'm not sure where there is ever value. Harrison Barnes, I know you don't like the deal, and I know you don't like the amount of money that he's being paid, but if you're Mark Cuban, you were throwing darts at a board and hoping something stuck because nobody was yeah. taking your money. So I fully agree with him paying that much for Harrison Barnes. And he took a one-shot deal, one-year deal on Andrew Bogut, and he's going to come back the same way next year and do this all over again. Because, again, he's in one-year deals. He got Darren, Darren Williams for one year. He got um, Bogut for one year. He got a bunch of guys for one-year deals, and we're going to start it all over again with Dirk next year. I feel really bad for Dirk. If, I, if there's anybody in the NBA, I feel bad for Dirk. Do you feel bad for Dwayne Wade? No. Not remotely. Um, he's been offered a two-year, $40 million contract. His body is breaking down. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think what he's been offered is really that far out of bounds for what he is. Uh, I, I I can understand his his unhappiness because he's given because he's made sacrifices. I get that, you know. But these were but he did it to bring it. You know, he wanted to be a champion again. He did this to bring in LeBron. He did this to bring it. You know, th- this is a team that is still very talented, and a team that will that will be a threat if everybody is healthy. I don't know what Chris Bosh is. Um, Chris Bosch's health is at this point. To me, this... I mean, I don't feel... How do you feel bad for someone who's making... who's been offered $20 million a year and is married to Gabriella Union? How bad can you... It has lived his, his, his entire career in Miami. Agreed. Look, this is a team that I respectfully thought could beat, could beat Cleveland if they were healthy. I really thought that they would beat Cleveland if they were healthy. We actually have, we have a caller. Hold on. Excellent. Hey, you're on with Seth and Sean. Yeah, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Who are we talking to? Oh, this is Nas in Atlanta. Uh, hey, you guys are talking. 
Yeah, not much, man. Yeah, you guys are talking Miami. And, yeah, like you said, no matter what, everything hinges on Chris Bosh, whether he, he brings his career back or we we may see a retirement from Chris Bosh. It's hard to know with something like blood clots. But, yeah, Miami, I mean, they swung for the fences. They missed. So now they're in a position to where they're not really a contender. They might as well pay Wade his money, uh, have him, you know, in a few years retire as, you know, the greatest Miami Heat uh, player, you know, put the jersey up and all of that and, you know, move forward. But they got a, a nice little young base with going and, and Justice Winslow going forward. But there, there's a lot of work for them to do. But I, I like what a lot of teams in the East are doing. You know, they made it tough on Cleveland. And, you know, despite the news today with Kevin Durant and Golden State, uh, that's just they just made it the most pressurized situation that we've seen since Miami uh, when LeBron came down. So, Every game is going to be prime time. Every loss is going to be exaggerated. And they're going to be dealing with a pressure they've never felt in the playoffs. And that's saying that about a 73-win uh, defending champion this year. So even more Absolutely. pressure coming. Absolutely. Matt, do you really feel that the, the Heat are not a contender in the East? Because if they're healthy, to me, they're as good as anybody in the East. Well, I mean, if you want to say get to the Eastern Finals, okay. But actually represent the East in the finals? No. No way. Uh, they're a nice team. Whiteside hopefully uh, continues to improve. But he's not young. Whiteside's almost 27. So, I mean, it's pretty much you're getting what you're getting. So, I, I, don't, I don't really see a leap there. I see Boston on the rise, and we got to see how they fit chemistry-wise. Detroit's on the rise. Uh, Indiana's on the rise. So, those teams I look at as we got to see how the pieces fit, but – Miami's pretty much set. Fair enough. Thanks, Vash. We appreciate the call. Indeed. So, Seth, let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about what Maz just said. Boston, we haven't talked about Boston or Indiana. What are your feelings on them? What they've Boston, done? Boston brings in the star they've been waiting for, but it's an interesting star. Horford is a perfect, you know, is a perfect number two in my mind for a championship caliber team. Hard worker, you know, we'll score, you know, we'll pass, we'll score, we'll do, we'll rebound. We'll fit in well, I think, with the, with Brad Stevens. Problem, but the problem still lacks, the problem Boston is still the same thing. When it comes down to it, to needing to score, you don't have, you don't have a, your, your go-to score is Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is not going to get you, in my mind, to the championship. You know, there, there, he's not, he's not, you need to meet the 1A player, whether it was Durant, whether it potentially could have been Kevin Love, whether, whatever it may be, they were trying to play this three pick for a veteran. Couldn't do it. That is a lot of feedback on here right now. Um, Sorry, but I'll put it on mute. My bad. Whatever you're saying, Seth, much better. No, maybe not. But whatever it is, I don't think this is a team. I, I don't think they're a heck of a lot better than they were last year. And this is a team. Yeah, you know, they're they're better. Excuse me, but they're not. They're not about to take another step up. They don't have. They don't have the, the firepower, in my mind, to become 
to become the logical to become the successor to to, to Cleveland. And remember, everyone, there's still Cleveland Conference until it's not. Look, I don't disagree with you at all. They needed a number one guy. Uh, they have the Nets' first round pick next year, and I guess they're again going into the into the. Uh, they don't have the first round. I'm sorry. They have an option to flip, which basically means they'll take the Nets' first round pick next year, and they actually have the Nets' first round pick the year after that too. So, unbelievable. Anyway, but, um, yeah, they'll keep looking to make a trade. Danny Ainge is always looking to make those trades. But at the same time, they don't have a number one. Horford was a great pickup for them because it established that they could sign a free agent. Boston had not signed a free agent in some time. They had made trades and gotten Ray Allen. They had made trades and gotten Kevin Garnett. And they drafted Paul Pierce. But they have never been able to sign a top free agent, not in my lifetime, so we'll see if this goes a little bit further than that. Indiana, interesting. Very interesting with them. Paul George, I love Miles Turner. They made some valuable pickups. What do you think about them? Well, the Blues, and we've been kind of making fun of the Monomini. Uh, the Blues Monomini, four years, $64 million. And I can barely say that. They lose Solomon Hill. Again, another name where I kind of wonder, um, you know, a guy who's going to, I guess, playing, be playing next to Anthony Davis in New Orleans and talk about a team that just has nothing down there. They bring in Al Jefferson, who's a little bit past his prime, and I'm not sure, I'm, not, I, I'm, and I'm forgetting off the top of my head, who is Indiana fired Vogel? Who did they bring as, as, as coach? I'm forgetting Nate McMillan. Off the top of my head. Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Okay. So the tough, hard-nosed team, they don't have George Hill anymore. I don't know. They're kind of in a rebuild to me. Well, no, they got, Thaddeus, they got Thaddeus Young on draft night, right, for, uh, right. for, the, for their pick. They, they did acquire uh, – as they, they, Jeff they, they got Jeff Keeg. I mean, they're not, to me, they're nothing like a rebuild. I think they're in the opposite. I, forgot, I, mean, I, forgot about, the, I, I did forget about the Keeg pickup. Um, I mean, I the team pickup is huge for them, anyway. And you take your shot on Ty Lawson. If Monte Ellis is still, you know, he's starting to kind of fade out a little bit. But I guess if you have a starting five of Teague, Ellis, George, Thaddeus Young, and Miles, and Turner. Miles Turner, not a, it's not a terrible five. It's not a team I'm looking at and saying, man, they're going to be a big threat. But I would see them kind of in the lower tier of the playoffs on the six, seven, eight seed. Look, All right, so we, ha- so we have the teams that won. Well, I don't know if they've won, but they've certainly improved, right? Who are the teams that lost? Who do you feel that, that really lost out in this whole thing? I got a couple of my own. Uh, the Oklahoma City? Yeah, absolutely. Oklahoma City lost? Well, did Oklahoma, think- wait, wait, did Oklahoma City lose? Look, they lost Kevin Durant, no question. But they made a great trade in getting Oladipo yeah. and getting and getting uh, Sabonis for Ibaka. So we got to put that in there too. So did, we're looking at the whole offseason as as a whole. Yeah, they lost, but did they really lose? I mean, losing losing Durant is one thing. Yes. I get it. Yeah, oh, they, they were they were a championship contender. Your okay. team, your and potentially a. At, at, at worst, 
the team with probably the fourth best odds to win. Like Colts, okay, fair enough. They fair are no enough. longer they are no longer a threat to win. They are still a threat to make the playoffs. Fair enough. Um, okay, who else you got in that in that boat? Atlanta Atlanta loses. But Dwight Howard for Al Horford is not exactly a a phenomenal turnaround. Um, New Orleans loses a little bit, losing Ryan Anderson. Um, it just seems that Chicago is now in full-fledged rebuild with Noah gone and with Rose gone. And, you know, signing Rajon Rondo is not exactly going to – uh, no one, no, no one ever knows how to, how to, how to read. Um, you know, those, those are the teams. There's nobody specific. As I said, there's, the, the funny thing is, for as much ridiculous money as there was here, I guess Dallas lost. Yeah, Dallas also lost them as well. The names were not well, enormous. Well, you know, I, I, ha- I have the Clippers losing by not being able to do anything. Like they were a team that had to stay with what they had because of their cap situation. And this is where when you have three or four big players that, especially three or four big players that sometimes get injured, the same way that Chris Paul does, the same way that Blake Griffin does, you have issues. And they are hard-capped. And they are only able to do what they can do with what they have. So they were only able to re-sign Jamal Crawford. They were only able to re-sign a bunch of their players to, to, like, they re-signed Rivers, Austin Rivers, to a three-year, $36 million contract. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So I think they lose. I think Houston loses by adding. I hate their backcourt. Their backcourt is now James Harden and Eric Gordon. Are you kidding me? Talk about defense or lack thereof. And Mike D'Antoni is the guy that's going to coach this team? And let's start the pilots. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, I think those two teams lost a great deal. I think Portland lost by not being able to do very much except getting Evan Turner. And look, I'm not an Evan Turner apologist. I don't like the way he plays. I think he's a turnover machine. So you're going to hear me lament Evan Turner pretty much for the entire season. Boston, although they won, they didn't win. They kind of lost. The Nets really lost. I mean, they got some quality B players, but man, that oh, team's still going to be hurt. I, I disagree. I disagree with you on the Nets. Okay, you think you think Tyler Johnson is is the end all be all for this team? No, no. I think this was a team. There was no expectation they were going to get anybody. This Agreed. is the worst team. This is the worst team, talent wise, in the NBA. Yep, they got a point guard. At a reasonable contract in Jeremy Lin, who played his ball out best ball outside of the one month of, of, of insanity, under their coach Kenny Atkinson, who's now the head coach, who, who's the assistant coach of Kenny Atkinson, who's now the head coach for um, the Nets. Booker for two years, eighteen million as your power forward. I don't mind. They had to get rid of Thaddeus. You know, getting rid of Thaddeus Young just to get a draft pick or two. I don't mind. Um, did Tyler Johnson, I don't know enough about him, I'll be honest with you, to know whether – but apparently there were four or five other teams that were going to make a similar offer. I don't, I don't know enough about him. I just don't. Which says something that there's a guy who just signed a $50 million contract that I can't even really discuss. 
I did they do great? No, but did I don't think they did badly. I think they did with what they dealt with what they could. I think they have a huge rebuild in front of them. And yeah. Maybe, anyway. maybe I'm just looking. Maybe I'm just looking at the whole picture. And, and granted, I remember I was looking at the draft too, and I didn't like the pick of Chris Levert. I think it was uh, a little too high. I think they could, probably could have gotten him in the second round if they could have gotten the second round pick and made a trade for that rather than dealing probably their best player from last year for this guy. Um, I agree with you. In some cases, they got what they could get, but that doesn't make them. I'm not sure that makes them any better. I still think they are where they are, and they just shelled out $12 million a year to, okay, Jeremy Lin, and fourteen, well, $12.5 million a year to Tyler Johnson, who, granted, does have some upside, but who knows, right? I mean, you're right in that concept. I, I just don't think that I, – I don't know. I, if you're a Nets fan, do you have anything to look forward to in the next three years? I'm not next sure you three do. Year, next three years, maybe, not the next, but not next year. I want to see how some of the younger guys develop. McCullough, Hollis Jefferson. I want to see how Lynn, who now finally has a full-time point guard position, no questions asked, delivers. Do you end up trading Lopez? But it's a team, again, that's going nowhere next year. So we'll see if, if one of these, two of these guys can gel, then, you know, then at least it's a starting point. We only have about seven minutes left. We could probably do this show for three hours. I want to jump sports quickly to the NHL, who are also in their free agent, the free agency frenzy. And even before we get to the free agency, the, the, the big trade, one of the biggest hockey trades I can remember in recent memory, I want your thoughts on P.K. Subin, uh, the former Norris Trophy, two Norris, two Norris Trophy winners being traded, P.K. Subin from Montreal to Nashville for Shea Weber. Subban, charismatic, you know, more more offensive-minded. Weber, you know, one of the toughest guys in the league and has been for years. You're our hockey expert. What's your thought? Well, I was shocked by the trade, uh, completely shocked by the trade. There is going to be a lot of fallback from this trade. I think Montreal wins in the short term because I think Shea Weber – definitely stabilizes that defense in Montreal. I think P.K. PK Subban and Nashville win in the long term. Subban is a younger player of four years, four years younger. He is more of an offensive, just a defenseman. And when you have Seth Jones there as well, you can cover that, which you may not be able to do when you were in Montreal. He gets out of Montreal, which Subban was not. He, he was well-loved, but they – harped on him for not being able to speak the language, which totally boggles my mind. That if you can't speak French, you can't be in Montreal. At the same time, Nashville loses if Shea Weber retires before the end of the contract. And in a strange thing with the NHL contract, it's called recapture. So you could structure an NHL contract any way you want. But if a player retires before the age, before, sorry, if a player retires and he has a contract past the age of 35 years old, which Shea Weber does, the team that signs him to that contract, not the team that inherits the contract, has penalties associated with it. So because the Flyers were the ones that offered Shea Weber this 14-year deal at the way the structure was, Nashville 
if Shea Weber does retire early, will incur major costs. This is way down the line. This is me being the nerd that I am with contracts. But anyway, just an interesting tidbit. Stamkos stays. Nielsen leaves the Islanders. Oposo leaves the Islanders. Matt Martin leaves the Islanders. Andrew Ladd comes to the Islanders. I am disappointed. <laughs> the Rangers got the Rangers got nobody. I am very happy. The Devils, on the other hand, actually made the second biggest trade of the offseason. Trading and the best uh, deal and the best deal and, by far of the offseason. I am not sure exactly. Now Edmonton has had a lot of first picks in the last couple of years. Connor yep. David, Ryan uh, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall traded. Age 23 gives New Jersey what they have not had in years. You know, a potential superstar. And they traded uh, the defender. I forget the name. Uh, Andy, uh, uh, Adam Larson. I, I forget. Adam, thank you. Adam Larson. Adam Larson. Who was a fourth, round pick, a fourth pick a couple of years ago. A nice player, but nowhere near the upside that Hall brings to, is going to be bringing to the Prudential Center. Well, Okay, so so the reason this trade went down was that every single pick that, except for one, that Edmonton has made at the top of the draft, it, with the exception of Darnell Maris, who happens to be Donovan McNabb's nephew, um, was an offensive player. And they have no defense. And they tried to sign defensive players. They tried to trade for defensive players. They tried to get the Islanders to trade in Travis Hammond. They went on and on and on and on and on. And they couldn't find one. So this was the trade that they had to make. And they did. And they did very well for themselves in getting Larson. Is he worth Tyler Hall? No. Hall, Hall is a potential superstar. And when he plays with Adam Henrique, 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 you are going to enjoy watching him if you are a Devils fan. Um, get that Tyler Hall jersey because you will love watching this guy. He's got hands that are incredible. Very much reminiscent of a Stamkos type player, not to the same degree, but hands just the same. Best trade, to the, best trade of the off season so far, the Devils. No question about it. And I hate giving the Devils any credit whatsoever. So anyway, with two minutes to go, we will touch more upon the NHL next week. A little bit more on the NBA free agency. We both really, really crapped ourselves on the NBA draft but we can go into that next week when I have the Excel spreadsheet. Anyway, <laughs> a very happy 4th of July to you, my friend, and to all of our listeners. Thanks for Maz for calling in from Florida. We do love callers, so please call in the future. And happy 4th of July again to everybody. Enjoy the fireworks. For Seth Kamins, for Sean Palmer, this is Seth Kamins, the Seth and Sean Sports Radio. So, blog talk radio, hopefully to return to backsportspage.com soon enough. Have a good, have a good 4th, everybody. <laughs>